All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boomer Dad and Co- Ah, wait, we got to start over. <laughs> <laughs> I had it the first time. Here's all you're doing, all you, I had to look at the picture to remember his name. Welcome back to Boomer Dad Millennial Comrades with your host, Evan, Ozzy, Ron, Jen, and Jared. I would, Dad, I would roast you if I wasn't a drunken idiot, so remember that. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, neither Ozzy or Evan are answering Discord call calls, so... Uh, I don't know what's up with that. Um, do you guys have any ideas for the, today's episode? Well, there's lots of things that we can talk about. Not a lot that I'm informed about. <laughs> Is that new, Dad? Is... <laughs> ah, I love you, Pops. Dude, same, same here, though. Weren't you? You were talking about how we should how we should talk about moving away from money, right? Well, my my uh, my observation was that I had, you know, come to the realization that that we have uh, we've not really touched on the nuts and bolts of how socialism would work, you know. And I think that's one of the greatest fears that people have is that they don't know, um, they don't know what's go what's going to happen. How how is it going to work? How are we going to uh, how how are we going to transition from capitalism and an all cash society into socialism? And I was thinking about it, and to me, it, it's. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a rough patch because it's everybody's going to be on a learning curve. There's not a lot to do if you don't know. I mean, we don't really know. Okay, so here we are, babes in the woods, and we're talking about going cashless instead of being compensated with dollars. You're going to be given credit. And you're, you're earning credits as if they were dollars. So, like, you know, people people set the thing at minimum wage should be 15 to $25 an hour. So you're going to be paid 15 to 25 credits an hour. And so actually, Dad, that's, that is part of the misconception is it's not the same as a regular wage. Uh, labor credits work more no, like... They work more like how a CEO gets paid. He gets paid regardless of if he's working or not. He gets paid a specific amount per year rather than per hour he works. A salary. Right. He gets paid right. a specific amount per year regardless of whether he works or not, and it's the same amount regardless. That's how labor credits work. So you get you get the same amount of labor credits per year regardless of how much labor you do. Okay. So it's just, it's like how a CEO gets paid. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's different. So say, so say your job is being a custodian. Mm-hmm. What is what is the annual salary for a custodian? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But well, it, it would you, be it would be based be... off of a fair thing because you would be 
you would you and it would be based off the union rate like everyone in your union would say this is a fair wage this is a fair amount of money to be paid for the labor we're doing so it's okay and, and that's one of the things i think i might have sent sent it to evan actually but anyway uh yeah he, he said something it was a video inside brazil oh yeah that no that that is a great did you watch it i watched most of it it's, i didn't see all of it. it that's a great little uh piece yeah for for the listener who didn't get sent the link it is a like a short news documentary about brazil's uh landless workers movement um the mst uh and how they are taking back the land for themselves and for everyone but yeah it's it's gorgeous it's a great piece what about it dad well that's great you know for the agro part of society you know agriculture and everybody gets a not everybody but every family or every individual who is of age gets 50 acres right and they're supposed they're supposed to be productive with it they don't right. specify exactly what you have to grow, but you have to do something. And it has to be, uh, somehow it has to contribute to, I mean, you could grow trees on it if you wanted, yep. but it has yep. to be, it has to be, uh, usable for the whole. Yeah. And that's great. For, that's great for agriculture. It's great for people living in the cities because they're going to need the food. Yeah. But, it doesn't it doesn't touch on you know what about people who are living in the cities it doesn't go into other uh aspects of society like for example you know a corporation it would be taken over by the the socialists who work there correct and it would become it would become a theoretically a fluid socialist operation yeah so it would top the bottom. yeah it would it, it would move from being a corporation to a cooperative that would be the first step usually so it would either it would either be that it is it would either move from being a corporation to a co-op which means that everyone who works there owns a piece of it or it would move to like just a unionized workplace where like the government technically it's like the government would nationalize it where they buy it from the from the capitalist and then the capitalist like the capitalist is bought out right so he doesn't own it anymore so now the nation the nation owns it as a as like a group we own it together collectively and then the people who work there it still works similar to how capitalism works except the the nation is the capitalist and we are unionized as workers there so we can fight for better wages and shit like that so those are the two ways those are the two simplest ways early days to move away from capitalism into a socialist mode of production uh and and i can almost i can almost hear people squawking like that's never gonna work you know right? and mean, i'm it, saying it has worked before about, well using using this brazil the landless workers yeah uh video it it seems to me that you know the Brazilians operated it to a point where there's three things on my mind with, with this video. One, 
the reason that it's on YouTube and not being broadcast across national news or international news is Brazil is blacked out from international and national media. They, they refuse to cover it because it is a uh, socialist movement that is making massive uh, changes within what used to be a capitalist world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it always works. In, that's how that, well, that is true. Thing, but, but yeah, go the ahead, second sorry. thing is uh, this will pretty much socialism if if it were to take root in the US would go pretty much like the Indian land claims case where the people who are living here would reap the benefits of socialism through a massive uh, I don't want to use the word overthrow but it would certainly would overturn the uh, the mega corporations and it would it would force them not not by military might not by violence not by mayhem but by decree by the voice of the people it would compel them to surrender their capitalist ways yeah and but, uh, the yes. people who the people who were Currently, the people who are currently employed at, say, Microsoft or Tesla or Amazon would, in fact, become the, the voting body within those corporations, and they would become the owners, per se. And Bezos and uh, Yates isn't there anymore at Microsoft, but uh, who's the other guy at Tesla? Musk. Yeah, Musk. They would be out on their ass. Yeah, as they, they should they be. Would no longer, well, they would no longer own those things. It would be up to the people, the employees, former employees, the co-op members. Yeah. And uh, the third thing I was thinking about is it, it is it is possible, and that's the reason why it's blacked out, why Brazil is being blacked out as, as far as the media coverage goes is because it is working and it is a transition and you know it's not bloodless I mean I, I heard that there were some some violent uh, reprisals that the police and some military that's, tried to stop it happening. yeah that's always the case is that we are trying for reform and they're trying they're holding on to power. So they attack oh, yeah. us. They attack us even when we're nonviolently protesting. They'll attack us. And and that's that's just how it works because to them, they're like, there's no way to defend this because they're cor- like we're correct about what we're stating. And they're only the yeah, only way correct. that yeah, the only way they can fight back against the correct statements that we're making is to try to silence us. That's the only yeah, way they so can do terrible. it. Yeah. State-sponsored terrorism is what the police are. Yep. So, well, yeah. and, and that's what they've been programmed for. Correct. You see these these you see these mass protests. You see this massive movement of red flags moving around. Isn't uh, it gorgeous? Isn't it beautiful when you see it? Well, <laughs> well, I'm I'm 
I'm looking at Inside Brazil MST right now, yeah. and uh, the snapshot that they use, you know, the capture that they have <clears throat> is I see a mass of people, probably half a mile. That's as far as I can make out. And there are lines of red flags. Yeah. And so there's a lot of white shirts. There's some pictures of Che Guevara on a few of the shirts. Yes, there is. There's also and he, there's also Chavez and, and uh, Fidel Castro all over the place. Well, right I don't see those. I, I can't see those. Well, I, well not yet. You, know. you, you can see well, them in no, the background. Of some, yeah. No, my cataracts won't allow it. Um, it's you know a lot of it is blurred and obscured, but the uh, the thing is, is I don't see any any uh, burning. I don't see any mayhem. All I see is a march, right? And it's... you know, and well represented. You know, the red flag, white circle in the middle with the green. I'm assuming it, it's an agricultural socialist it's a, flag. It's a map of the green in the middle of the flag is Brazil itself. Oh yeah, and I see it now. Yeah, yeah it's just like Brazil. so. It's a so it's a red flag with a white circle and then Brazil in the middle in green. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lady with a with a green Brazilian yeah. green uh, bandana on her head, the sunglasses, and a red tank top. Yeah. So the green. And I see all of these people. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, green in Brazil, right? right? Yeah, so you'll see them wearing they're they're in either red or green usually, and that's and the, those make sense because the red is red is labor, red is labor, green is Brazil, and the white usually means peace. So anyone who's wearing white is also marching for peace. So like, it makes like what they're what they're wearing is it makes sense for the movement, you know? But yeah, well, it's yeah. like a uniform kind of right. without. Without the threat, you know, without the implied uh, "I will hurt you if you try to stop me" kind of look. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm you know I'm I'm kind of encouraged thinking less and less about you know reasons people have to to not go in the in the direction of unity and uh, equality. The only, the only way that I can see in this entire world for equality, the kind of equality that everybody says they want, is to go socialist worldwide. Mm -hmm. And yet in the United States, and that's the only thing I can judge by is because that's the only news that I'm getting. You know, and I'm primarily interested in because I am an American and I wished I was home. Mm -hmm. But uh, in, in I hear everybody going equality, equality, this equality, that equality, equality, equality. And I don't see it happening at the rate that I hear them complaining about it. But I do see changes, and I do see some major changes in just the, the general attitude of people that I know personally. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's because it's anything that I'm doing, 
but I certainly am putting a lot of things out there on, you know, Facebook and Twitter, you know, like, like my Apple explanation, you know, and, and racism by stop using a stupid word. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not separate races. We're just different colors. And that means nothing. Right. We all bleed red on the inside, you know. We're all human beings. We all have the same feelings. Dad, are you saying we all so, bleed solidarity? Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> we need to if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We need to if we don't. Um, the craziness of it is that these, you know, people want change, but they're not willing to do anything about it. And I don't mean that as, you know, a blanket I don't mean everybody, everybody. I mean, obviously, there's the five of us that are working towards something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's not everybody, everybody, but the, the majority of people that say they want change aren't willing to do anything about it. It's a, it's a class struggle. And everybody in America knows that there is a tier uh, system you know, they're a class system and very few people like it. Mm. Nobody is satisfied with where they are in the tier. Right. So, you know, the only way that the only way to do away with that is through socialism. You know, you can check that off right now because, you know, class warfare has been around since the ancients. You know, mm -hmm. there have been the us and the and there's the them and there was the slave class and there were the people just above the slave class, the servants. <clears throat> and they were the farmers and they were the, you know, the scribes and they were the kings and the queens. And there, there's been a, a class tier system since basically time began or since history began written began be, to be written tripped over my tongue there but i don't know it the only way that that's going to change is collectively you know one person can't just say i'm putting my foot down and this is it the world's going to change because i said so right it takes everyone doing to, that <clears throat> yeah yeah Right. And it's like standing up to the bully on the playground. The only way that you're going to do that is punch him in the nose. And the only way that you're going to get this, you know, capitalist bully's attention is a mass movement. Right. Yeah. And there. So how do we do that? How, how do we do? Well, there's it. Firstly, it takes everyone talking about it. Uh, you can't just let people shut you up. Like you, no matter what they say, you have to you have to come back at them with a well reasoned argument for what you're saying, um, and that's the first step is making sure to change people's mind. So there's a saying called "agitate, educate, organize." Have you ever heard that one, Dad? You ever heard that saying? Um, no, but it makes perfect sense. Okay, so the first step is agitation. Uh, agitate meaning you have to get out there and and bring people make people aware that the system is oppressive 
and and that and it needs to change you have to get out there and get people thinking okay so that's agitation you have to get them you have to make them realize that things can can be different and then there's the education which comes after that step which is you actually teach them how they can be changed and how things can be better right so like you actually teach them socialism the first step is just is just getting them moving like getting them to understand that the system is bad and then the second step is educating them on socialism third step is to put that is to actually get the systems organized to change the system the organization part agitate educate organize so the organization would be the step that's going on in brazil right now where they they have they have enough people who know socialism and how it works where they can actually go out in groups and just take the well, land back by living there like they can do that because if they weren't well, educated what happened enough, in, well go ahead sorry i think what happened what happened in, but i think well not to be sorry about it, i'm interrupting you <laughs> excuse me excuse me um, what happened in Brazil is that their poverty was so disgraceful. It was so deadly. It was, you know, choking everybody. And Brazilian uh, population were agitated. Right. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't just a mosquito bite. Hey, we're here. It was like your body was covered with with leeches you were getting stung all over that you know people realizing that hey our our whole country is dying and all of the in this video mst landless uh are inside an mst landless workers settlement in brazil on youtube uh inside Brazil's MST. You can look it up under those words. Anyway, uh, a lot of the agriculture in Brazil was going outside of Brazil. It wasn't, it wasn't serving the Brazilians. It was being sold off by capitalists. And the forests, you know, you hear about, the, oh, the forest, the forest, they're burning down the forest. They're making agricultural land out of the forest and, you know, all the jungle and people are dying. And the people in Brazil were going, um, where's that lumber going? We're not seeing any of it. Right. So it was more than a mosquito bite or a hundred mosquito bites. You know, you realize that it was an infestation of leeches that were sucking lifeblood out of Brazil. So the Brazilian people turned on their own government and said, well, uh, this is going to change. And I don't know how long the battle's been going on, but I think it's been pretty close to a year now that the new president has been fighting. Oh, dude, Lula is the shit, man. He's so chill. Or Brazil. Yeah. Okay, you don't need to sell me with him. I just need to... No, I'm, I'm looking for <laughs> Well, the fight for the fight for land reform has been going on for like thirty years. I'm pretty sure in Brazil. But yeah, yeah, Lula but, uh, but just since, was elected. Since, how long ago? Six months ago? Yeah, it was like a year at most. 
Okay, so and here we we haven't even heard in the United States we haven't even heard that Brazil had a new, had an election and a socialist became president. I mean, I knew about it, but that's because I'm I'm really into yeah, socialism. You're hearing it. You're hearing it through. You're hearing it through a single fiber optic line. Right. Nobody else has heard of it. Right, because I'm, I'm connected I mean, to, like, the CPUSA. Like, they, they're like, hey, right. socialism is kicking ass over here. Yeah. Right, but see, but see, that's that's kind of like an underground network. Nobody's hearing about it, and the mass media is certainly not doing anything about it. Right. And if they are, but they're anyway, saying that it's that Lula is corrupt. Like, the only thing most people... Most people know about Lula is that he went to prison... Uh, because of Bolsonaro, that's that's who that's who was there before him, right? I don't remember, but yeah, he was yeah. he was put in prison yeah. for he was put in prison for being for being corrupt, which was proven not true, uh, and he was released. But yeah, yeah but, but but we're not hearing even that right. because if they if they use if they use his name, people are going to start to Google it. Right. And that's how the information gets out there. It's like you're saying, you know, if you agitate, if you give, if you, if you get hit by a mosquito, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to slap. Yeah. You're going to try to kill it. But in, in our case, agitate, it's, you know, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Keep moving, but keep delivering the message. Keep moving. You know, and and keep being positive. Keep keep the agitation going in a positive way. Right. And for for me, you know, I've got people so pissed off at me on Facebook that they won't even respond to my posts. <laughs> but periodically, well, no, I mean they were they were really mad. You know, they were they were glad to hear that I was going blind. <laughs> they yeah. you know they were hoping that I'd get off the Facebook. Yeah. But but I'm not, you know, and I'm on Twitter all the time, you know, I'm posting things on Twitter about socialism and, you know, delivering these these float like a butterfly thing like a bee messages. Twitter won't let you put more than two paragraphs of text on there and, you know, that's that's their bottom line. Yeah. So I have to post and what I what I do is I find provocative pictures that you know, Dad, you're uh, posting pictures of naked a, ladies on Twitter. Not quite, but it, <laughs> but it is that it is it is that you know, and I and I'm not for the gay people. I'm not putting up penises either, but it's like <laughs> it is provocative. You know, it sometimes it's it's a you know the text of a meme, right? But uh, you know, like my favorite custodian. There's a picture, a silhouette of a guy swinging a mop, you know, mopping the floor with a bucket. And the, and the meme says, they said I could have any job I wanted or something like that. And then, you know, I'll write some text about, uh, as we started talking about the nuts and bolts and how are we going to, how are we going to transition from like, you know, from cash to a cashless society. And I was saying, one of the one of the texts that I put out there that 
you know, custodial service workers are just as important and just as valuable to society as the police or doctors. Right. What? That's preposterous. How can that be? They're I mean, just, they're just, they're just menial laborers. Well, I can tell you something, mister. I know people who have doctorates, PhDs, that would rather work as a custodian than their field of endeavor. Yeah. I would honestly, I would honestly say that custodians are more important than the police. Because <laughs> they keep shit clean. The police don't do fucking ass these days. Well, they no, just oppress you can, people. You can, well, you can say that, and and some people would agree with you. You know, I'd mm. say at least ten ten percent of Americans would agree. But the idea is, you know, that is a provocative statement mm-hmm. designed to make people think. It's like a, you know, you slap it, slap somebody upside the head. Do I have your attention now? It is. It's a proverbial slap in the face. It's create a create enough. Uh, mental mischief that people have to pay attention like the mosquito bite they yeah. have to research it they have to, they have to go oh, wait a minute how is this going to work so but the problem is like i said so many people they they want change they talk about change but they're not willing to lift a finger to make the change okay well what this is this is i was i was going back to that because you were talking about how in brazil uh the 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 agitation was already ripe like they were they were being so oppressed all of their labor was being exported to other countries uh they were seeing none of it right that shit's happening here in america too it's just that we are kept divided uh like yeah by, through the system we have a, a very well uh taught system of a well learned and taught system of oppression here in the united states where the they test it out in our in our in our vassals in our in our colonies out there first, right? They they the war in Iraq. They they go over there and they specifically breed this this idea of the two different types of Muslims being different, and that's so bad, right? That wasn't really a thing before America showed up there. That wasn't a thing. Like they were they would live together basically in harmony. Uh, are way more harmoniously than they do now. They, they, yeah. We have this way of specifically dividing people on purpose. Our capitalist system purposefully divides us, whether it's Republicans or Democrats or by race or by religion. We are specifically targeted to not think of ourselves as a as a harmonious group of laborers, but as this, that, and the other thing—a hyper individualized idea of of the human rather than a collective idea of the future and uh it's it's shitty that that's the way we think of it but as soon as as soon as people start waking up as soon as we start waking people up through agitation and education we can start to actually organize and make the change that we want to be you are you are correct in your in your principle but in in your presentation, I I do have to correct you that the the Shia and the Sunni have been at, at each other's throats since time began. Just over you know a a religious twist to to their doctrines, 
you know, the same reason why the Israelites and and the Muslims have been at each other. You know, it was over a bowl of pottage. But the point is that, you know, one group feels the other group is is wrong and cheated them. And that goes to the to the crux of what you're saying. And the fascists that are running the so-called democracies around the world are capitalizing on that that point that principle you find the chink you find the the crack in the armor and you exploit it you drive wedges in and you know black versus white everybody's against the asians transgender people are bad that kind of shit yeah well, yeah, and and but it and it's inflamed. You know, they take the worst possible story that they can, and they plaster that all over the news, right? To you know, to to inflame the situation. You know, if you get a cut and the cut gets infected, it's gonna eventually it's going to kill you, and that's what they've been doing, and that's what I mean when I say the word fascist. It's it's the principle. You know, fascism 101 is to divide everyone so you can control them. Mm-hmm. It's easier to control. It's incre- it's it's easier to control a small herd than a big one. And socialism is the opposite. You know, socialism wants to include everyone, and we want to work together. And, I mean, I use the analogy of an ear of corn. If you ever really looked at an ear of corn, it seems like everybody's going in the same direction. You know, it's it's got row after row after row of kernels. But they're not always straight. There's curves. But they're all still growing in one direction. Mm-hmm. But one kernel, one kernel doesn't care about the other kernel. And that's kind of what we got with fascism. You know, they're trying to make us think that we've got this thing going, make us think that we've got, you know, everybody's interest. But uh, I just started that story. Sorry. Um, the ear of corn kind of concept is it's sweet. Everybody's enjoying it. You know, nibble, nibble, nibble. But nobody's willing to do anything to step out of line. Nobody's willing to, you know, turn around and ask the the colonel next to him, "Are you okay? Everything all right?" We, you know, socialism is the opposite. Socialism means you do care, you are social, you do want everybody to do well, and and it it kind of is self preservation for socialism to be that way, because it's it's the whole. If the group is, if the group has someone that's sick, you want to fix that person before everybody gets sick, right? Or before it causes harm to the group, yeah. Because if one person, if one person is sick, it means that they're being less productive, which means that you want to heal them as fast as possible so they can be more productive for everybody's sake. It's it's good for everyone that that person gets better. Yeah. Yep. Which brings me back to the, you know, the nuts and bolts. And we were talking about how society is going to make this transition. The story, the inside Brazil story doesn't really go into the, you know, what about the rest? 
you know, they only touch about touch on the on the people with the land, the 50 acres each. And it was detailed. It was pretty nice. You know, I mean, it was good, but it only talked about the agricultural aspects. It didn't really it, it didn't really get into, you know, OK, let's look at facet B and facet C. You know, the industrial workers, the, uh, you know, people that were working in corporations, say, like Microsoft or Tesla or whatever, they didn't get go into that. But I, I can see those things, in at least in, in my feeble, ancient mind, the possibilities are there just as well. And it's not magic. There's going to be struggles and there's going to be, you know, there's going to be pain and there's going to be suffering, but it's not going to be as mentally taxing or as harsh as we find ourselves living today. We've got, you know, hundreds of millions of people in the United States, just talking about the United States, and you, you've got 50% of those people I'll say 25% of those people are living at poverty level and 50% of those people are living paycheck to paycheck, which to me is poverty level. And you've got 10% of those people at the top that don't give a shit, but they're making, they're making buku bucks. They've got more money than they'll ever spend in their life. To me, that's pain. To me, that's suffering. To me, that's, that's reason enough to want to, you know, flip that table over and uh, throw out the money lenders and call it a den of thieves and turn it into socialism. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We haven't heard from Jen. Where's Jen? She's busy writing her thesis then. Yeah. But, right. Yeah, right. I've been listening. I've been listening. I was thinking about like what was what is called a social dilemma. So at the beginning, you guys talked about that uh, everyone is aware that the situation is not good, but nobody wants to uh, step out and do something. Uh, like I think that is because if that I think that is because it's a social dilemma, meaning that like if if so that that person if he devotes the time uh, for himself then he can gain some benefit immediately. But if he does something good for, for, for the whole society, maybe he cannot see any like, benefit in the short term, in a short time. And instead, like, he, might, he might think like, he, he, he needs to sacrifice his time uh, compared with others. Like they can... Those like if he if somebody does something for everyone, then others are so called free riders, right? Like and that guy actually loses, like or or in a short term. So that's why people just are. Oh, everyone is waiting for everyone else for 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 others to step out and do something. So nobody's doing anything. So yeah, mm. yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that, Jen. The the idea that it could be uh, more damaging to you in the short term, but I think it's more about 
the division and the hyper-individualist idea that's cultivated in capitalist countries about, mm-hmm. about how they, they specifically want you to be a self-made man or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you you did it all yourself to get there, even though it's, that's not actually true that, you know, cause like you're like, you have employees and your employees are actually the ones making you the money cause they're the ones making the products or whatever. But, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, you were talking about how it's a social dilemma about, uh, uh, it's a, I, I, I somewhat agree with you that that is part of it for sure that people are worried about being the first one to step up and it might have a negative impact on them. But honestly, even if, even if you lose out in the short term, Mm -hmm. it's still good for everyone as a whole which is which is why we have to step up and do the right thing and yeah, yeah. help each other. So but but people can see that. People cannot see that far. I think that could be a problem. I will I I think it's the I think it's that they they haven't been taught to see that far. They haven't mm-hmm. been because we're because we're taught we're t- we're taught here to we we don't understand Marxism. Like in in the United States, there's no like understanding of of other systems and how they can actually like generate uh, betterment of society. We like like when like when Chairman Mao was standing up against uh, what the what was his name the dude the dude that moved to Taiwan and then I can't think of his I... name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know who but, you're talking. Yeah, when when he, when when Mao and the communists Shenkai stood Shek. up, yeah, Chiang Kai-shek. When they stood up against Chiang Kai-shek, they they were dying on mass, like they were being killed off by the by these yeah. Chinese fascists, basically. Yeah. But but those people were doing the right thing. They were because they knew that if they were if they succeeded, that everyone would have a better life as a whole it's it, it because they had they had material backing and science behind them they had marxism mm-hmm. they yes. they they could see but, what they were doing was correct and that it would help but you mm-hmm. see but you see you have you have totally different situations <clears throat> in in that particular place in china in that day it was critical because everybody's life was at stake Everybody was I, at risk. I disagree that because everybody, everyone, even more people these days, their lives are at stake. Yeah, but it's not. But it is. It is not. It is not to the stage here. It's more psychological, and it's like Jen pointed out. What was the phrase? Social dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a social science term. For people who have, you know, invested great deals of, of cash into their education to, to you know, pick that booger and, you know, create a, create a, a definition to go with it. But in our society, in, say, like, you know, the American version of democracy, we have become so complacent. You know, going with what Jen was saying, we have become so complacent that 
I I can't I can't uh, get out of my easy chair. I'm I'm sitting here watching Fox News or I'm sitting here watching MSNBC. I can't you know, it's terrible what's going on, you know, around me, but it's not my problem. I I can't do anything about it. You know, I'm I'm just going to like uh have my coffee and eat my donut and you know, get ready to go to work. Again, I'm uh, I'm know, just I, saying that I've that is that's a learned behavior, Dad. It's not. It's not. It is. I call it. I call it being programmed, and we are programmed from adolescence, actually from kindergarten, preschool. You do what the teacher says. The teacher's always right. You know, the teacher is feeding you information, and you're only learning from your teacher. So. Your overlord must be right, and by the time you get in high school, when you start to think, wait a minute, mom and dad isn't, that's bullshit, I'm not listening to that anymore, you start to rebel, but by then, you're already comfortable with this system, and you're being, you're being told, you're being ushered, you can't, you can't like the black people next door, they're dangerous. (laughs) They're all they're all crackheads. Yeah. They're all they're all dope fiends. And Jen, and you Jen, you those. you laugh, but that's there are still lots of people in the United States who are taught to be racist. Well, <laughs> they, they, I was about I was about to go there. I was about to go there too. You know, you have you have uh, Asian people move in next door, and the first thing, oh, there goes the neighborhood. You know, and there really is a lot of bigotry and it's being fueled, even though we're told in American society that it's wrong to be prejudiced. It's wrong to be racist. Even the word racist is programming us to think (laughs) that Chinese people, that Chinese people aren't the same as uh, white people. Yeah. You remember my you remember my analogy of the apple, Jen? Yeah. Just because it, we have different know, skins does not mean we're different. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what I try to tell people is stop using the word race. Yeah. If you use the word race, you are a bigot. Yeah. You are the racist. And and as long as we you know Simple things like that can can shut down a whole bunch of lifelong programming. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like Evan, it's like Jared was saying earlier. Is you know you have to instigate. I say you have to be provocative. You know you have to deliver a slap upside the head. Are you listening now? Pay attention. And I don't know. I I just feel. I don't know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm conflicted. I'm, I'm excited for this program. I mm-hmm. really love doing these podcasts, and I hope that we are doing some good. But I, I, I see a hope in in the future of the world because we have you, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> and we have my two boys. Yeah. And we have Aussie. You know, we have millennials, and we're mm-hmm. all discussing this with a boomer. Yeah. To me, that's a positive. I mean, and Dad, you've come a long way in the last like three years from from the well, way you used to think. Opinion. Well, okay, <laughs> all right, but I'm just saying. I, 
Well, I, I would tell you that I have 80% of the things that I'm saying to you right now are what I was thinking back then. Yeah. I just wasn't vocal. I mean, we are we are nearing the hour already. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we it's could amazing, end amazing, isn't it? I know, right? With Ev- without Evan and Ozzy here, it goes really quick and we get a lot done. <laughs> uh, Oops. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Why say that? <laughs> well, I think it was productive even though, you know, we weren't a full staff. Correct. Okay, well, uh, Jen, Jen, Jer, Jer, I love you both. I love you it's too, been fun. Okay. And, and I really am I really am I really am grateful for you you guys sticking with us and you know being here today. It, to me it's important. This is the only time I I get to uh speak mm-hmm. and in complete English. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh to me it's like it's almost like going home. So yeah. thank you very much. You're welcome, dad. Yeah, and... you're yeah, like like you you have you have great opinions. It's always good to hear. Yeah. Say that again. You have great what opinions. She said you have good opinions. Stop stop fishing for compliments, Dad. Well, no, I just wanted you to hear it. That's all. <laughs> well, I mean, I disagree. I think you have horrible opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You think so? No, okay. I'm, I'm, just, way, I'm jesting, Dad. I love you. I know, I know, and I love you too. And again, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you guys here, and have a good week. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah.